0: Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgem And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker.
1: And I'm Sergeant Ackerberg.
0: On each episode, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblock you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So what's today's topic?
2: So today we're talking about the company you keep. And the idea is that the five people that we're closest to have the most influence on us. And it's incredible how much the folks that we spend the most of our time around, whether it's work, uh, co-workers, family members, or even friends or children, uh, can influence how we act uh, day in, day out in a variety of different arenas. So to uh, put this into context, I want to tell you guys a story about a guy named Phil Zimbardo. So back in the early 1970s, Phil Zimbardo is a psychologist researcher out of Stanford University, and he coined was now famously known or infam- infamously known as the Stanford Prison Study. And what he did is he collected a, a group of males from the college and had them uh, sign up for a very vague description of a psychology study. And at this time, Phil Zimbardo had already gained a lot of notoriety throughout the campus as being like the the guy who was on the cutting edge of psychology. And so a lot of people got really excited about uh, being a part of one of his experiments. Well, what he did was he randomly... Uh, uh, randomized all these folks to be either prison guards or prisoners and then he had the prisoners actually arrested by campus police brought into a makeshift prison that he actually uh, created and built in the basement of the psychology building and then brought in the prison guards gave everybody uniforms considering what their role was and had them just play out exactly what they thought their role was going to be. Now, the study had to be discontinued after only six days. And the reason was uh, both groups of participants, the prisoners and the prison guards, adopted their roles so much and were influenced so much by each other and how they acted, um, both within their own cadres and towards each other, that became actually uh, violent and physically dangerous for all the participants involved. Prisoners were plotting to overthrow the prison guards and actually break out. The prison guards uh, basically had a god God complex and were um, taking full advantage of the power with which they are endowed and actually um, emotionally, psychologically torturing, in some cases physically torturing uh, the captives. And so at this point, they lost all sense of self, their sense of identity as college students in an experiment. They actually adopted that role. And why that's important for today's discussion is uh, without that environmental context and without the influence of other people, those folks might not have acted that way. But it it was because of uh, the people they were around and the influence and actions of those folks in the environment saying this is okay, this is normal behavior, that they were compelled to act in a similar manner. And for us, uh, we may not have something as egregious as uh, being put into a prison guard role, Uh, But we have other power dynamics thrust upon us as well. You think of all the different uh, leadership-type roles that we can take from NCO all the way up to senior-level officer, uh, you are in a position of power. And so if you see your fellow peers who are also staff sergeants, senior NCOs, uh, majors, lieutenant colonels, acting in a certain way, Then you're going to say this is normal behavior this is how i'm supposed to act and so that becomes influential very heavily influential in your actions with your with your peers with your subordinates and so on but this pervades our our personal life as well Um, with folks who are trying to lose weight they'll make a lot of behavioral changes but almost invariably they go back to eating the same way that they used to before or uh, getting out of their exercise plans and part of that has to do with their social network typically uh, more sedentary, heavier people will also have friends with the similar interests. Whereas people who are um, who have a fitness lifestyle, um, who are constantly physically active, tend to keep, tend to keep company with folks who are also doing those things, um, which helps encourage them to maintain that type of lifestyle. So, anytime you make a big uh, behavioral or lifestyle change, sometimes it necessitates changing your. A social support system as well because for good or bad they can actually draw you back to your old patterns.
1: I think that's why it's so important um, using weight loss as an example as well why a lot of the weight loss uh, companies out there sh- are, are doing their advertising as more of a family mm-hmm. right you go to your meetings or you count points together or you know you go to the workout location as a group. You do work group out dynamics because they're trying to add that as that support.
2: Yeah, they want to build a community Mm -hmm. so that you've got a bunch of like-minded individuals who can encourage you and who are interested in pursuing the same goal.
1: Exactly, but that can also affect you when you're looking at your substance intake, right? So not just food, but when you're looking at your alcohol, you're looking at um, maybe soda, right, caffeine intake. I know we've had several podcasts on those <laughs> right. kind of topics. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, but in, when you look at your, your dynamics of your, let's say, social group, and you think you're the lightweight of your drinking group, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't have a problem. It just means they drink a lot more than you. That doesn't mean that you're drinking healthy.
2: Right. So so you're the, the person who's drinking the lowest amount of alcohol mm-hmm. in your group. Um, albeit it's a 12-pack of beer a night, mm-hmm. right? But you're like, oh, well, at least I'm not as bad as some of my mm-hmm. other friends. Yes. I've, I've seen this time and time again, and I'm sure, uh, Sergeant Ackberg, that you have as well. Yeah. When uh, working with folks who are, have a long history of abusing alcohol, or even uh, prior to military service, when I was working with people with hardcore drug addictions, Uh, one of the most difficult parts about quitting or even cutting down from those substances was not changing their use of the actual substance. Mm -hmm. It was saying goodbye to all their friends and all those networks that they had developed. And, And that... Um, I think at least in my estimation was the biggest predictor of relapse, whether or not those people went back to their old drinking habits or went back to using methamphetamine or cocaine was if they kept those other Mm -hmm. people who were also users in their lives. Exactly. Well, and that's where editing comes into play. Mm -hmm. Any good movie, any good
0: podcast, God willing, is edited. (laughs) We edit out certain things that maybe aren't great for us. And with Mm -hmm. friends too, as difficult as this sounds, some people are there for maybe a day, a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Some of them maybe need to be cut out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying to go ostracize your friends, Chaplin (laughs) said, to kick you out of their life, but there are some that maybe you need to reduce hanging out with. If Mm -hmm. everything revolves around beer and you're trying to reduce beer, well maybe you don't hang around with that person on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Those kind of choices, or if they're sedentary, I can't even say it, they don't move as much. Sedentary. Yeah, someday (laughs) I'll use words. But you might want to hang around with your fit friends. People who are really living more Mm -hmm. of an active lifestyle those could be your priority Uh,
2: and and they become mentors and people who can point you in the right direction and and enfold you into their community Mm -hmm. and it's all about building those positive relationships so if you uh, take a step back and try to have a third person perspective on your life and, and those major social influencers uh, whether they be your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, your, your best friends, or you know, the person you sit next to at work, and think about how that person is affecting you. It can give you a sense of, is this person having a positive influence on me, or are they having a negative influence on me? Exactly. And one thing, to, uh,
0: a concern some folks bring up is, well, what if I can't find five? Mm-hmm. Well, you can always find five people to hang around with. One is through audiobooks. Mm -hmm. or books when you're interacting with an author on a regular basis that person becomes a part of your life they're an Mm -hmm. influencer listening to a podcast this one or there's thousands probably tens of thousands of other ones where you can interact with the podcaster with interviews with people in any discipline you choose that person becomes an influencer in your life Mm -hmm. those kind of choices Uh, but we have to be careful because if we're watching tv that's overly negative we're Mm -hmm. listening to certain types of talk radio on the Mm -hmm. way in that maybe it's sports talk saying you know your specific uh A guy is terrible, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's going to get in your mind. It starts to influence you. So you have to be careful with what we're putting into our minds. That um, And one other thing that comes up often in these uh, kind of talks is you hear these stories like the prison experiment. Mm-hmm. We talk about the people who have gone through addiction. I think mm-hmm. all of us have had, anyone's had a struggle with that at some point in their life. But you think that's those people. This wouldn't affect you. Well, in my last job, we used to take executives and we would send them to a one-week course mm-hmm. where they show up. And depending on what you're assigned when you arrive, you're either an executive, a worker, or essentially you're working the lowest possible class. They take away all of your luggage, and you're just rationed based on your position in the society. Now, these people are executives in their organizations. They're used to getting whatever they want, whenever they want all of a sudden they're thrust into a situation Mm -hmm. where they're forced to make decisions or almost function like prison guards of like, well, you're rationing this much food, or you're doing this because you didn't work. Those kind of things, and people are shocked at how quickly after three or four days, they have completely adapted to the new society. Or devolved. Correct, (laughs) and they have, and it it is really interesting in the debrief section, where you can think and listen to this podcast and think, well, it doesn't really apply to me. I can keep these friends, they're not influencing Mm -hmm. me. Well, the fact is, they are. Mm -hmm. So just step back and think, like, What's, what are the primary influences in my life? Are they mm-hmm. positive or are they negative? Are they helping me get me to where I want to be
2: in my life? Mm-hmm. Or are they sending me in a different direction I don't want to pursue? Yeah. And, and you can try to be positive and optimistic. Um, but if, if the m- most of the people around you are really negative, they're really angry all the time, um, or they're really fearful to try new things, that's going to have an effect on your ability to, to be positive. And in fact, um, if everybody around you is absolutely miserable, it can make you feel pretty sad Mm -hmm. and maybe even almost depressed as well. And so it's not that you can't reach out to folks like that and and try to help them, but uh, maybe limiting the amount of time that you give to them, the amount of influence you allow them to have over you and spending more of your time with the kind of folks that you want to be like uh, would better serve your emotional and mental well-being
1: I agree. I think the biggest thing is to kind of figure out what is your dynamic in your social group. What role mm. do you play? Are you the constant caregiver? Are you the one that everybody comes to for advice? Do you feel like everybody takes, like, they're, like they take your energy, right? Or There's no
2: reciprocity.
1: Exactly. Or is it an even flow, give and take, right? I support you, you support me. You know, what is that role? And by figuring out those five that are around you, and kind of that relationship, I think it can help you decide, you know, who maybe you need to lean more towards and who you need to lean maybe less towards to kind of have that healthy network.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Chaplain, from your perspective, um, I, I see this playing into our spirituality as well, um, the, the faith group that you keep. And if those five people uh, that you surround yourself with are, are big into their faith or, or you know, have very strong religious beliefs or non-religious beliefs, whatever, uh, whatever it may be, that can influence you as well. And that's where it
0: comes in, if you're a Christian, for instance, to find a church that fits you. I feel like denominations are a lot like ice cream. Um, We all have kinds that we like and ones we don't. My father loves pistachio ice cream. I really don't at all. So for him, he might like this type of church, you might like that type of church, or this type of faith group. Well, find one that fits you, that is appealing, that has a supportive group of people that are all going to help you to spur you on to the goals you want to achieve in your life, whether that's your family goals, personal goals, etc. Have a group that's supportive for you. And when you find that, lock in, go, Make it an intentional process to show up and be present and let that impact you. And it will. It will make it you more positive. The key thing, though, is just like anything else, some organizations could be negative and bring you down. Mm -hmm. Well, if if that's every week for you, and maybe it's time to check something else out. Go check out a different organization, a different faith group, but something that's going to grow you, encourage you, and it's a bunch of people around you that are just going to, when you need it, like a, a fist bump or high five that they're there like, you can do this. That's what, that's what we all need, and that's something that helps um, you know, from a spiritual perspective. Well, on that note, we want to thank you for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgum, And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. And
1: I'm Sergeant Ackerberg.
0: Until next time, if you need us, please reach out to us in the global address list. Finally, we want to thank you for what you do for our nation, and we hope you have an amazing day.